I thought we'd be celebrating this one in glory. And we may be before it's over with. He could come at any moment. Oh, my soul. I believe he's getting his church ready to leave here. I really believe that with all my heart. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting us and that gracious introduction. I appreciate Brother Randy and I appreciate all our friends that are here. And those that are watching, I hope you'll pray for us, the Lord, to help us during these days. I want you to take your Bible tonight and turn with us to the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number 18. The gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number 18. I want to preach on uh, just a sentence from this passage of scripture for a text. But I want to read... Uh, verse 1 down through verse number 8 and uh, give the context of what we're going to be expounding upon tonight as the Lord has been speaking to our heart trying to seek his face to bring a message that I believe he wants us to hear as the people of God and also those that are lost that they might be invited to come to Christ before it's too late. The book of Luke chapter number 18. And if you found your place, would you stand with us please in reverence to the reading of God's word. Before I read, I want to say I covet your prayers, men of God, that the Lord would help us. Uh, we had a wonderful meeting. God moved in a mighty way for five weeks. But I'm telling you, I've been fighting hell by the acre for about a week after it was over with. And uh, you can imagine Satan making counter assaults and counter attacks. But I'm glad I'm still on the winning side. I don't have a sad report to give you. Just to tell you, he's still on the throne. The Lord reigneth. Hallelujah. What a Lord and Savior we have. Luke 18, verse number one. Jesus and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not to faint, saying, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what this unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry, day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. I want to take for a text that last statement. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Let's seek the Lord's face in a moment of prayer. 
Our Heavenly Father, I bow in your presence and I want to thank you for the privilege that we have to read the good word of God, to be together like this in a meeting, Lord, gathered in the name of Jesus and enjoy the fellowship of the people of God, the songs of Zion. And Lord, to see you doing a great work to supply the need of this radio station as you're moving on your members, Lord, of your body, Lord, to supply this need. We bless your name. Now, God, I'm asking you to help thy servant tonight. Lord, I sure do need you. You don't need me, but I sure do need you. And I pray you'd fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give us that anointing wisdom. Set a guard over our lips lest we say anything out of the way. And Lord, help us to rightly divide the word of truth and expound it, Lord, in a way that would bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now have your sweet will and way with us, Lord. And I pray not only for myself that you'd give us liberty and anointing to preach, but I pray for the congregation, Lord, that is here before us and those that are watching and listening by other means. I pray that you will captivate their attention and let them hear what thus saith the word of God. And we'll praise you, God, for all you do to help them to listen and we'll give you the glory for all that's accomplished. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to preach tonight on this subject. Will he find faith when he comes? Will he find faith when he comes? Now, this parable that we've just read comes on the heels of our Lord speaking to his disciples about his return in chapter 17. And this text that I'm choosing tonight tells us and asks the question rather, when he comes, shall he find faith? Now, I want to just lay the groundwork for this passage. This immediate context is speaking of the persistence and patience in prayer. Ah, he says in verse one, he spake a parable unto this end for this purpose that men ought to always pray and not to faint. So the very purpose of the parable is stated in that verse. Here in this passage of scripture that I've read to you tonight, we find that there would be a day when his elect would be praying day and night despite the delays and the denials. And verse seven says, shall he not avenge his elect though he bear long with them? God will in his way at his uh, choosing in his time answer the cry and plea of those uh, who seek the Lord persistently and patiently and fervently. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. We need to pray and not to faint. Well, in the view of our text, as we surmise the following, when Jesus comes, Will he find such persistent praying? 
will he find that men are still calling on God out of a fervent heart and in a patient way? And also, will you notice that in our text verse, when he comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, that word faith in the Greek language there is a definite article before the word faith. And hence what he's not just talking about faith and believing, but he's saying the faith. And that simply is referring to the faith which has been delivered once and for all to all the saints. He is talking about faith in the word of God, which is the foundation of our faith. So two things are brought to the forefront in our text as we think about what he said. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Will there be a faith in prayer and a faithfulness in prayer? And will there be a faith in the promises, in the word of God? when he comes. Now, so these two things are brought before us to the forefront, the word and prayer. And uh, when the Lord's been talking about his coming back to this earth, he is suggesting, my friend, that hey, is it going to be readily available in everywhere in all places that there are people that are calling on God and believing in God? Well, that's something to think about tonight as we approach the text. Now, this is what Jesus said. Again, listen. Listen to what he said. Nevertheless, he will avenge elect. He will answer prayer. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Now, I don't know why the Lord laid this on my heart, but I'm just going to try to mind him and obey him. I want to think about that statement tonight as we expound a little while from this passage of Scripture. I want to mention, number one, if you're taking notes, first of all, I want to say a word about the surety of his coming. Oh, yeah. I said the surety. Hey, the Bible said, nevertheless, when. He didn't say if. There's no if, and, or but about it. He's coming. Ready or not, he's coming. The surety of his coming. Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's not tarrying. And my friend, I'm not wanting him to tarry. I'm not joined in to that little crowd singing, wait a little longer, please Jesus. Oh no, I'm saying with old John, the revelator, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh yes, the surety of his coming. 
I've been hearing about his coming ever since I've been saved by the grace of God. And my friend, he hadn't come yet, but just because he hadn't come yet doesn't mean he ain't a coming. I believe he's a coming. He was faithful in his first appearing. He'll be faithful in his second appearing. Amen. He's fulfilled all righteousness. He fulfilled the word of God in his first coming. And bless God, there's more about his second coming than there was about his first coming. I say, he's coming. Amen. James said this in chapter five of his writing, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. He wrote that to James. Or James wrote that many, many centuries ago. I was noticing in that, in fact, this little rabbit jumped up, I'm gonna run after him. Not in my outline. But did you notice here about the husbandman, which is a reference, of course, to the Lord, uh, waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, hath long patience before it until he receive the early and latter rain. Now, that's a, uh, if you please, that's uh, talking about uh, agriculture. And especially in that part of the world, they had, my friend, they plowed up the, the soil and my friend planted the seed. Oh, yes. And then they waited for that early rain. And that early rain would moisten the soil. Oh, yes. And there would spring forth the crop. But wait a minute. Before there could ever be a reaping of the crop, there had to be the latter rain, which happened some months later. And my friend, it would be that latter rain that would supply the need of that plant to be mature enough to produce the fruit. You say, why are you telling them all of that? Well, I want to tell you what, brother and sister, the Lord's looking for a crop. Amen. And you and I are part of it. Say amen right there. But oh, in the work of the church, there was that early rain. Oh, yes. On the day of Pentecost, he poured out the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm telling you what, the church took off, hallelujah, and began to grow and multiply. But here's what I'm going to see you. I want you to see brother and sister is this that there was the former and there was the latter rain I believe what's going on uh, my friend uh, popping up here and there across our country right now there is a hunger uh, for God there's some people my friend uh, uh, looking for the Lord there's some revival fires uh, uh, breaking out here and yonder could it be I'm just saying uh, could it that we're getting ready to get in the latter rain. I don't believe the Lord wants the church to come by a friend dragging in, crippled, defeated, and dry. Oh no, I believe he wants us to go out in a shout, rejoicing in God. I would, I would to God he'd pour out the latter rain. Maybe we're getting right at the end of this thing. 
hey, hey, hey. If we're not at the end of this saying, revival's about to, my friend, and taking place to get us ready for the rapture, then I would say the alternative is we may be getting ready for some of the awfulest stuff that we've ever faced in this nation. Oh, my soul, not the tribulation. Tribulation is for sure. But brother and sister, we are living in an hour that is momentous. And oh, how we need the Lord. Oh, my. I like that thought, though. He may just be a popping up here and a popping up there and getting folk over here and getting folk over there. And one of these Holy Ghost revival meetings, God's going, whoopee, going to reach down and grab the last one to make up the body of Christ and we're leaving here. The crop, he's coming for the crop. I say hallelujah. The surety of his coming. When the son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Not only the surety of his coming, but I want to say a word about the signs of of his coming. You see, this passage of scripture falls on the heels of chapter 17. I believe it is all together here. Uh, when you think about, he just been talking about his coming. He's coming back. He came the first time. He's coming back. Hallelujah. And there are signs of his coming. You read, uh, I could pick up in verse number uh, 26, and as it was, I said chapter 17, and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Now notice that word days, day, plural, right? There is the day the Son of Man in his day in verse 24 that talks about my friend when he comes and plants his feet on a planet earth in his second coming. But we're talking about the days of his coming. I'll say more about that in just a minute. But I want you to see what my friend were signs of his coming. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. In verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. So here are some signs the Lord give us of how things would be here on planet earth at the coming of the Son of Man. And remember this, he's coming. He's coming ready or not. He's coming. Whether your loved ones are in or not, he's coming. Whether you've got right with God or not, he's a coming. And my friend, all oh, the signs of his coming. And there's two major signs, and I don't want to deal a lot with this, but I do want to say the two major signs of his coming as the days of Noah and as the days of Lot. Now, are we in those days? Well, what was the besetting sin of Noah's day? What was it? The besetting sin of Noah's day was the sin of of rejecting preaching. Noah was a preacher of righteousness and he preached and built for a hundred years. He made the plea. He preached the message. Every nail he drove, every 
every word he said. Get on the ark. There's a storm a coming. There's a storm a coming. And my friend, they laughed, they mocked, they ridiculed, they made light of it. And my friend, until the day that God said to Noah and his family, come in. He didn't say go in, he said come in because he's in there with them, amen. And then the Bible said God shut the door and so that rain began to fall and the billows began to roll and people were clawing on that ark. Let us in, let us in. There's no getting in because Noah didn't close the door. God did. And when God closes the door, it's closed. If you're not saved by the grace of God and God knocks and God deals and God draws and speaks to your heart, and you keep telling me no, and you keep making light of it, there may be a day when God will close the door on your time of getting to God. There is such a thing as sinning away your day of grace. I believe that with all my heart. J. Harold Smith and his great message on God's three deadlines. There is a deadline you can cross. If you're not in, you better get in. Those in the Andalusian world, my friend, they cross God's deadline and God shut the door. Now again, what was the sin of Noah's day? The outstanding sin. Oh, I know they were all kind of wickedness. The Bible tells us that a man's heart was only evil continually in there. Everything about there was so much, uh, there was so much violence and so much uh, wickedness and perversion taking place. But the outstanding, and I mean this, I'm not cussing, the damning sin of that day is the damning sin of this day. It is the sin of rejecting preaching. You say, what do you mean? Hey, how do you get saved, folk? We get saved by faith, by grace through faith. Amen, the just shall live by faith. We're saved by faith in his blood. But you can't have any faith without the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. How shall they believe on him whom they've not, how shall they believe on him and whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear except they have a what? A preacher. God chose. I didn't choose it. Hey, hey. My friend, we didn't get a bunch of uh, people together to vote on this. This is what God designed. God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I got saved because somebody preached. You got saved because somebody preached. It may have been preaching in print. It may have been preaching that copied in a track. But I'm telling you what, faith came by the word of God. Thank God for the old man of God that preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And my friend brought conviction to my soul and I got to Jesus. But alas, preaching is by a friend so looked down on. Because they some of that Tommy Rot that is enough to gag a maggot. That's people getting in the pulpits and my friend, oh my soul, it's not preaching. I'm talking about Holy Ghost anointed, Bible preaching. Amen. I'm telling you what, 
They laugh at it, they mock at it, they make fun of it, but it's the only thing that can save the soul. Holy Ghost anointed preaching can take that word and my friend God can use it to bring folk to God. But the sin of this day, don't preach to me. I don't want you to preach to me. They hey, speak smooth things to us. Tell us how good we are. Entertain us. Turn the strobe light on. Turn the blue and the green and the and the ascent lights on to make us feel all nice and rosy while we're going to hell. But don't preach to us. Don't preach to us. My friend, I'm telling you what, that is a sign of this hour. They do not want a preacher. Hey, brother and sister, God used preaching in the establishment of this nation. They were men of God, called of God, that not only mounted the pulpit and preached the word of God, but my friend, they got their musket and went to the front line and paid the price to buy the freedom we have. Oh my soul, some of these jellyfish, backboneless, gutless wonders that are getting in our pulpit today, afraid to offend somebody, afraid to call sin, sin, and tell it like it is. And my friend, they ain't got enough God to stir the fuzz on a gander snout. They ain't getting nobody saved. Hey, hey, people reject preaching. How y'all like that? It's a good way to start Sherathon, ain't it? Get you good and mad. So you can repent. The sin of rejecting. Hey, what was the outstanding sin? The sin of rejecting preaching. That's, that's the sign of the day of Noah. The outstanding, damning sin. What about the days of Lot? The outstanding sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was not rejecting preaching. Because evidently Lot didn't do any. If he'd done some, amen. <laughs> he'd done something like Brother Scott Dean said this morning. Hey, maybe he could have won his son-in-laws. He didn't even preach to his own family. But what their, what their sin, what the day of, re, of rejected preaching, but the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was the sin of reprobate perversion. Sodomites and socialists are out to do us in, out to destroy this nation, out to wreck your family, out to perverse your children, amen, out to destroy the moral fabric of this society. Hey, it is the wicked sodomites. And I don't care if you label them alphabetically or what, it's still a perversion and God called it an abomination. And my friend, and God let Sodom and Gomorrah be as a sign to give a warning of the wrath of God that will be poured out. And unto God, they've come out of the woodwork. The Sodomite, wants, my friend, they got 
politicians in their pocket. They've got, my friend, a, a big money companies in their pocket. They've got authority and power. You know where they're getting it from? The devil. Because the devil is the little G-O-D of this age. And my friend, the prince of the power of the air is all for that bunch. Oh, my soul. But they'd like to, they'd like to strangle every preacher. They'd like to shut down every church. And my friend, where they're heralding the truth. And there's a lot of churches that caving in to that bunch of devils. I'm telling you what, not this boy. They may put me in prison before this thing's over, but I'm still gonna cry aloud and spare not and say that the sodomites, the sin of sodomy is an abomination before a thrice holy God and it will take a soul down quicker than anything that I know. You say you ain't having much influence. Well, my, they're having such influence. They got some of these little uh, uh, children so confused they don't know whether they're a boy or girl. And people ain't got enough sense to know which bathroom to go to. You tell me that's natural? You tell me we ain't turned into a nation by a friend that's controlled by a bunch of perverts? By the way, that bunch of running down here to Disney spending your money to back that corrupt outfit, I'm telling you what, brother, shame on you. Hey, hey, we need to take a stand. This thing's almost over. We better stand for God. Amen. Does that make you nervous? Well, hey, it's making me so nervous, I'll probably have to take a baby aspirin here in a minute. I'm talking about the signs of his coming. Did you ever think this thing would be so corrupt and us still here? And, and oh my soul, what a reflection it is upon us. Because we can't blame sinners for being sinners. What's happened? The church has lost its savor like the salt has lost its savor. We've lost our effectiveness. We're not the salt and we're not the light we ought to be. If we were, I don't think, my friend, uh, this crowd would got the upper hand like they got it in our nation now. What I'm afraid of is we got to the point, my friend, they've got so strong that if we do try to arise, it's almost too late. Brother Lamar, I didn't start preaching this three years ago. I've been preaching this for 45 years. I've been preaching some of this for 50 years. God called it sin, it's still sin. Amen. And all you say, but my little daughter, my little boy, hey, hey, hey. Some of that might be because uh, you didn't teach your boys to be boys and teach your girls to be ladies. Amen. I say amen. Hey, 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 hey. There's X and there's Y. There ain't no X, Y. Amen. In my church, we have, we have a boy's bathroom, a men's bathroom, and a women's bathroom. I told them revival meet the other night, and I said, if you can't make up your mind, we got 10 acres out there. Find you a tree and help yourself. I did tell them that. Rosie fussed at me, but I told them that. Signs of his coming. The sodomites and my friend is a sign of it. 
The rejecting of preaching is a sign of it. We're living an hour, my friend, that tells us he'll be here soon. I say hallelujah, the supply, the surety of his coming, the signs of his coming. Let me mention a word about the sequence of his coming. The sequence of his coming. You have in, again, verse 26, the days of the Son of Man. Days, plural. I want to say that that would include, number one, the day of rapture. He's coming back, not to the earth, but he's coming in the clouds. And he's going to call to his youngins, come up hither, and we're leaving here. Amen. And we'll be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm glad the rapture's coming. And praise God, I'm glad my name's in the Lamb's book of life. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost has sealed me under that day. And I'm glad, hallelujah, the rapture's going to fix a whole lot. We're on with old Rudy Smith. Amen. I'm going to get my friend new legs, new arms, a new mind, new eyes, a glorified body. Hey, 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 what a day that'll be. He's a coming, children. Don't give up the sponge right now. Hey, hey, just stay in the fight. Get, amen, down to business with God and get ready to meet him. Our Lord's coming. The rapture. The rapture. Hold, I show you, Mister. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. I'm glad that's going to happen. I'm taking a trip out of here without an airplane. Amen. I'm headed to home. Glory to God. Make no devil or demon or principality or power can stop us when He calls. We're leaving here. Hey, hey, the the day of the rapture. And then another day, not only the day of the rapture, but the day of retribution, the day of the tribulation, seven years. And by the way, I do not believe the church is going to go through one second of Jacob's trouble. It's not the church's trouble, it's Jacob's trouble. Amen. He's going to deal with it. He's going to, my friend, he's going to put them through a tribulation and all this world will go through a tribulation, my friend, that the Lord's going to let his bride escape from because he's not appointed us under wrath but to obtain salvation. And I bless the Lord. I, when the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. But don't worry, I'll be back. Seven years later, I'll mount up with the Lord of glory. Amen. Hey, you don't like to ride horses? Well, you will then. If you belong to him, we're going to get the armies of heaven going to ride back here following our Lord on his great white stallion and we're going to follow not as the army of God but in this battle we ain't going to have to do nothing but just witness because he's coming to tread the winepress of the wrath of God and he is going to, my friend, he's going to fight the, the fight and defeat the devils and the crowd and the wicked 
things. Amen. He's coming back to planet earth. He's going to touch down on Mount of Olives. It's going to split asunder. It's going to open a valley. It's going to open the east gate. It's going to have a ravine going to the Dead Sea. Oh, my soul. He's going to bring his army to meet the battle at Armageddon. And by the sharp sword of his mouth, he's going to destroy that wicked, ungodly, devilish crowd. Then he's going to set up a kingdom. Hallelujah for a millennial reign. They were talking about it. A thousand years. The devil will be in the bottomless pit. Oh yes, I'm glad, hallelujah, when that takes place. Oh, what a day, what a day, what a day that's going to be. The day of revelation when he comes back. So there is the sequence of his coming, the rapture, the retribution, and then the revelation. But then I want to mention number four, The search at his coming. The search at his coming. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? When he comes, what is he looking for? What is he he searching for? He's looking for Faith, shall he find faith? Again, I repeat myself here. He is looking for two ways of faith manifesting. Number one, if you take this parable and tie it in with this text, and it is tied there, and it's all tied with the the predictions of his coming, then I would say when he comes, He's going to be looking for two major things when he comes. Number one, he's going to look for consistency in prayer. Prayer is an expression of faith. When he comes, will he find men persevering in prayer? That's what this parable was all about. The interpretation of this parable, men ought to always pray. And so he's, he's, he's asking the question, when he comes, when he does finally come, is he going to find faithful prayer? Then secondly, not only consistency in prayer, but confidence in the promises. The Bible, the word faith again, the Greek word, the faith, Amen. When he comes, he's asking a question. Will he find men still believing in the Bible? Still trusting in the scriptures? So again, these two things are brought before us in our text. Prayer and precept. Praying and the word of God. He's asking the question when he comes. Will men still be involved in praying? Involved in seeking the promises? That brings me to my final point, number five. I want to mention this. The scarcity at his coming. The scarcity at his coming. The very question here by our Lord suggests to me at least that true faith 
will be rare if found at all. Especially in these two areas, faith and prayer and faith in the promises. Why would he ask such a question? He knows everything. When the Lord asks questions, he never asks for information. He asks my friend to give us information. He asks to get us to think about what he's saying. And what I'm seeing here at his coming, it would seem to suggest to me that there is a scarcity of real faith when he there is such a shallowness in what people call faith today. My friend, it's not sincere, it's not genuine, it's not founded on the word of God. I'm telling you what, there's a lot of people who believe things that's so crazy. And my friend, they say, well, just as long as they believe, oh no, it's got to be based on the right foundation. Say amen right there. So there is this, and I want to talk about this again. When he comes, is he going to find number one? Is he going to find faith in prayer? Will he find that when he comes? I'm uh, 53 years, uh, 73 years old. I wish I was 53. I've been preaching about 53 years. I'm 73 years old, and I have witnessed in my lifetime a great diminishing of prayer. Brother uh, Whittemore, you're here tonight. You're older than I am by about 10 years, I think. 82. Nine years. Brother Whittemore, haven't we seen a great diminishing in prayer? My soul. It's amazing. When's the last time you heard of an all-night prayer meeting? When's the last time you've heard of people praying around the clock? When's the last time you just had people, my friend, meeting regularly on the old prayer grounds, rock altars, laid out before God, way in the hours of the morning, rather pray and seek God than sleep or eat? When's the last time you heard about any of that? My friend, I remember years ago, people would get out in the, uh, and pray in their prayer grounds. They didn't care who was listening. In fact, I've told this here many a time, but I, when, we, when my daddy retired out of the uh, army, and he bought a little farm in Saluda, North Carolina. I was just 14 years old, and the Lord uh, had me on that little farm or working that little farm, and I would hear the strangest stuff off in the distance, and I'd go up on the top of the hill and cup my ear, and I would hear an old mama or grandma I cried out to God, Oh, Lord, save my children. God, they're going to hell. Man, it puts it put chills up my spine. What is that all about? And I'd go another day and I'd hear somebody from another, another man crying out to God, a praying and a seeking God. Oh, praying mamas out there they didn't have all the modern conveniences, microwaves and automatic wash machines and all the uh, paraphernalia we got to save time in this day. But I'm telling you what, they had time to pray. They had time to pray. We got so many time-saving devices and yet we'll not pray. I'm saying when he comes, he's wanting to know, will there be that persistent prayer? In our society, prayer is discounted, made light of, 
and even mocked at. When there, as a nation, think about it, we've outlawed prayer in our schools. We bowed to the wishes of the godless and gave away our freedoms just to satisfy a few God-haters and God-denier reprobates. God help us. And did it cost us? We wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. I'm sure of it. When we kick God out of our schools and Bible out of our schools, I'm telling you, it opened the gates of hell to flood our schools. Amen. But wait a minute. Even in church now, even in church, there's not much emphasis placed on the need for prayer in the ordinary church meetings. Getting awful quiet in here. Did I, did I cuss or say something bad, huh? Well, somebody got your attention. You see, in this hour, more emphasis is placed on promotions, pageants, programs, instead of prayer. We came off of five weeks of a Holy Ghost move. God moved. God honored us with power. I mean, God just sat down. To God be the glory. But I want to tell you what, for a year before that ever happened, the men were meeting every Thursday or Tuesday night at the old rock altars, praying, God, send revival. Amen. It still works. I said it still works. Second Chronicles 7, 14, still in there. It still means what it meant. Amen. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and what? And pray. God still answers prayer, but we ain't got time to pray. And my soul, I think about the emphasis of this hour is more on entertainment than it is on seeking God. Oh, my soul. You know, the Bible said, and because iniquity shall abound, and it is, and people getting all upset. I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to, I'm going to be real personal with you. I'm going to be nice. Some of y'all spend more time watching the news and getting mad and stomping. I'll give me a look at that. Than you do actually praying. And I wonder if you just counted the hours you spent in front of the boob tube and then count the minutes you spend in your little pathetic prayer. Why in the world are we in such a mess? Jesus said, hey, don't y'all believe this thing's wrapping up? And don't you believe he asked this question to try to get us to see something? When he comes, is he going to find, is he going to find such faith on this earth that would cause men to seek God fervently, persistently, and patiently? Keep crying out to God. Amen. Well, and then there's not only the scarcity of faith and prayer, but there's the scarcity of faith in the promises, in the Bible. Now, we find that right now. In this modern day, we live the Bible to a great extent. 
has been discarded, deluded, disbelieved, discredited, and denied. But God's word will stand. Never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the word never will pass away. And how important is this word? I want to tell you what. When you stand at the judgment, God's going to open this book, this Bible, and you're going to give an account. Amen. Because he's revealed this, his will in this book. Amen. Now, brother, I'm telling you what, we're living in an hour when people have made light of the Bible and and act like it don't matter. In fact, they tried to close us down for two years because, you know, the church don't matter. The Bible don't matter. Nothing don't matter. Our nation's going crazy. You know it is the, the fact. Brother, you know what's going on. But all let me tell you, God's word is the foundation of my faith. It's the reason I'm going to heaven. It's the reason I'm missing hell. It's the reason I'm going to be in the glory world. Thank God for the word of God. It's guided me. It has directed me. It is disciplined me, it has helped me, it has enlightened me, it has fed my soul, it's lifted my spirit. Thank God for the Bible. Amen and amen. In our schools, public schools, the Bible is forbidden. In seminaries, it is cut to pieces with the pen knives of Criticism and cynicism. In our homes, to a great extent, although the Bible is still the bestseller, in our homes, it just sits on a mantle somewhere as a relic and as a whatnot. Am I preaching truth? Even in many churches, its authority is denied. Traditions prevail over truth. Many church people, really, I have, I've sad to say this, many church people, even in fundamental churches, are biblically illiterate. Few and far between are real students of the Bible. And by the way, the trend is getting worse and worse. This is a sign of the day of apostasy. The love of many is waxing cold. I'm done preaching here. If our musicians would come and we're going to sing in just a moment. I was thinking about what Paul said to Timothy in his second epistle before he went home to glory. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And they have been turning their way from the truth of the word of God by friend and it has gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And the Lord is telling us here when he comes will he find People that still believe the Bible. What about what Peter said? For there are false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, 
who privately will bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. People have rejected the word of God and a lot of them in our churches treat it like it really doesn't matter. I'm here to say it really does matter. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let's make up our mind by a friend to stay on our knees and keep a praying. Let, hey, we ought to pray and not to faint. That's what the Lord said. Let's make up our mind. We're going to stay in this Bible. We're going to memorize it. We're going to read it. We're going to preach it. We're going to teach it to our children. It's going to be my friend blinders to our eyes to keep us out of the ditches in life. We're going to have it by a friend to be nourishing our soul and our faith. We're following the good word of God. Let's make up our mind in these last days to stay with the old time way. By the way, can I just throw this in? I'm still preaching from the King James Bible without apology. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, this word of God works and I say to God be the glory. Amen. Where's our music? Oh, there's our music. Y'all gonna sing one for us? Brother, we got, who's going to lead a song? Somebody's going to lead a song. Give me a song leader. You'll sing? Okay, he said you was going to sing. So I guess you will sing, won't you? All right, praise God. Listen at this, and I'm done preaching tonight. Uh, I like what Jude said. Jude said in his epistle, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. There that definite article is placed in our text of the King James. The faith here refers to the word of God which was once delivered unto the saints. God has given us a Bible. We better love it. We better learn it. We better tell it. We better preach it. Amen. We better teach it. We better keep standing on it. My friend, it's the only thing that'll bring people to God and how we need to stand. And brother and sister, I know the rapture's going to take place. Most of us are leaving here. But there might be some soul here tonight that's without God. I'm telling you what, Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. He's sending revival across the country, getting his people ready to go. Are you ready? If the rapture took place that quick, we'd be gone. Be gone. Would you be left here? I hope not. I hope you've come to Christ. If you hadn't, I want you to come tonight. Let's stand all over, feet, all over the house on our feet, please. Our Heavenly Father, I've tried to preach what you put on my heart. And I pray the Holy Ghost to take this message. Lord, though it's been stern and Lord, it's been tough to some ways, but Lord, it's certainly been truth as best I could expound it. I pray you'd take this word, this challenge. God, to, get, to work on your people. Help us to get serious about this thing. Lord, help us to realize that times are running out. 
But oh, how we need to get fervent in our prayers. And oh, how we need to get in this book and tell it and preach it and Lord, live it and Lord, learn it. And God, help us. I pray you would, Lord, because we sure would like to make a difference in this world before we leave here. God, grant help to all of us, every one of us tonight. Have your way, Lord, as this invitation song is given. If there's people need to come, Lord, draw them by your spirit. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. While our sister sings tonight, if you need to come pray, Pastor, you come and take the service. Let the Lord have his way with you tonight if you need to pray.